The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Hello, this is your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of A Current Life. Brought to you by Smartwater, Wild Things Gear, and AdSpace Small Network on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today is a very special moment for me. I'm very proud to introduce to you my special guest, my closest and dearest friend, Frederick H. Marison. Fred is the chairman and the managing general partner of the private equity fund, the Walnut Group, and also chairman of Flat Out Crazy Restaurant Group and has been the creator of many, many businesses over his lifetime, which we will discuss a little bit about today. Fred, welcome to A Current Life. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, I'm honored by your presence. We have known each other, I'll just say, going north of five decades. And uh, I'm very proud of our friendship. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about today and kind of get underneath the journey of your life. This show is about the journey, the ups and downs, and the trials, tribulations, and the things that people go through to get to their dreams. And this is a entrepreneurial show, and you represent the best of that. And I'm going to start in this first segment. I kind of entitled it The Sandbox, because it kind of reminded me of when we were little and growing up and I guess my first question for you would be, what was your most vivid and fondest memory of your childhood? And I'd really like you to think back on really that. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not aware of any of these questions, so I'm, um, um, I'm happy you started with that, I guess, because the most important person in my life uh, was my grandma and my most... Uh, vivid moment of my childhood uh, revolved around my grandma, mainly because she always provided love and the, uh, I'm getting an echo here, by the way, Jimmy, but um, always provided the love and the core values that I grew up with that hopefully I could carry uh, 
through my whole life, which was uh, family and character and honor and completing missions and and love and unconditional love. My grandma uh, gave me all of that, and I was closest with her and her with me. Uh, so really, uh, that was my most vivid uh, memory that I keep with me every day. Well, you know, I'm knowing you like I do. You have such a close family connection, your brothers and your sister, uh, your brother and your sister, and your parents, Rhoda and Manny, and, and just the tight-knit family and watching you all grow up together and watching the way you celebrate life together and having gone through it. And uh, I didn't know your grandmother, but um, I think it speaks a lot about the the continuity that was in your life that you could depend upon. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, another highlight was shooting my brother and sister with BB guns uh, <laughs> as we were growing up. Um, I was number one child. But, yeah, my mom and dad have have been a, uh, you know, my my heart, my brother and my sister, so you're right about that. And also my friends that I grew up with, you and a few other people that I've had around me my, my whole life. Well, you know, we grew up in a little area called North Avondale, and, uh, you know, we kind of have the Avondale boys, and we've named some of our companies after that, whether it be in the film business or whether it be in in, in venture businesses that we've done. I know that comes to mind Johnny Osher and Rick Steiner and Larry Horowitz and some of the people. But what I noticed about our growing up was that it was a sense of community in those days. And, you know, we could go back and forth to, to our houses and we had our fraternities and we had things like that. And it seemed to be a very a simpler time than today. Maybe you could give us your thoughts on how you feel some of that has changed and maybe also kind of think back on what was the greatest fear that you encountered as a child and that you maybe carried through your life, because I do believe that all of us have some of that and learn to overcome it or learn to live with it. Well, okay. I mean, my greatest fear probably was uh, what other people, what mainly people have, which is am I uh, good enough and can I have the courage to... Um, to try things and have adventures. And I remember uh, two things in particular when I was very young, about probably seven or eight years old, my mom took me to a day camp and I I was scared to go. And she and my dad kind of pushed me out of the car. And, <laughs> and I went and I remember they had a softball game and I was scared to get into the game. But I had to, and I got into the game, and I hit a hit the ball, and ran around, and I began to feel really good about that. The other example was uh, I grew up on a street called West Park Drive, and one day the uh, neighbor kids were having a basketball game, and I had never played that before, and it was on a weekend. My dad uh, wondered why I wasn't up there playing with everybody and I told my dad I didn't I didn't know how to play. And my dad gave me a hug and told me that it'd be okay and get up there and give it a go. So I went up there and I was chosen last, but then I ended up being good and um loved it and and it gave me a a, a confident feeling to you you go out and try and have adventures and 
and yeah, so that was kind of a fundamental thing, and it was a, it was a feeling with my family and with the guys I grew up with not to be afraid to try and to reach out and to have adventures and and uh and have passion in life. Well, you know, that was uh, me. you know, you're uh, uh obviously your family was like a second family to me and and what I remember most uh of those days was uh our ability, our opportunities that 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 we had that both of our families, our fathers, you know, didn't grow up with and struggled through and put themselves through, you know, uh, starting businesses and growing. And I think that it's, uh, it, it's, it's a testament to them. Uh, they gave us our names, and they expected the best from us, and, and integrity being a major part of that. And I've, I've always witnessed that in, in our relationship, and particularly in how you deal with the people that you dealt with over you know four decades of business and and I think that that again speaks to the to the times we were growing up in um, truly they were they seemed to be a lot simpler in those days maybe they weren't maybe they just been looking back as as we get wiser and a little well, yeah, older I mean, I mean the world was different it was like we grew up like the that TV show the wonder years yeah and there wasn't bottled water and there wasn't iPhones and iPads and all that so the interaction you had with people and the core values were more um, prominent, and that um, was a very core to uh, everything that happened later on, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, I, I felt that we could experiment in those days. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit when we get into the second segment. Um, a oh, week good. Hotel talk California. About- <laughs> well, well, you can check out, but you can never leave. Well, that is your motto, and uh, we're going to get a little bit into the second segment about a tribute, uh, a thing that you and I have around the office called the, to the crazy ones. That I actually, I was happy to to listen to Walter Isaacson talk about in his interview with Stephen Jobs before Stephen passed away, because it's kind of been the mainstay of how you and I have lived our lives. But you know, in growing up. It was all about us experimenting and learning and developing and and kind of understanding values, but we were always taught to push the edge of the envelope. At least I felt that way, and I felt that, you know, we didn't stray so far that we couldn't come back, but we certainly pushed the edge of the envelope. So I know when we're going into our next segment, we're going to talk a lot about living on the edge and a lot about those things, but... uh I do feel that uh, one of the things that I noticed in you is uh, uh, you, were, you were very you were a very good athlete, very strong in a lot of things. I know you played tennis, and I know you grew up uh, with the ability to be able to play sports and to interact with people. But you had a wonderful way about yourself in developing, you know, the trust among your friends. And we really did have a kind of a club and community feel to it, don't you feel? Yeah, I mean, we we're always hanging out with each other and. And always kind of playing around and and challenging both in both physically as well as uh, uh, intelligently. Um, but we all had common common bonds and con- common um, platform that we did get from our families. I mean, we the common theme from me, whether it be the front nine or the back nine here is uh, a life. Uh, trying to live a life living out loud 
And, um, you know, in the front nine, it was uh, more of a rock star life. And in the back nine, at least my belief is that uh, I'm more challenged to, to dig deeper. And um, that that really is kind of the – but the common common link is to, to how to live out loud, how to have passion, and right now to ha- have deeper meaning. Let me ask you, have you uh, do you want to take this moment to apologize to Arlene and Neil for shooting them with BBs? Or you no, want to just... no, 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 no. I just wish I would have had more. <laughs> you would be both, but I wasn't the oldest, so I got shot a lot of times, I want to tell you. Um, the, uh, I guess probably the only other comment is it was great growing up in North Avondale in a great community in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I wish everybody could have that opportunity. I know we came back and, and, and raised families here. And yeah, the important the... thing about that is that you're touching on is back in the, when we came back in the 90s after, you know, being scattered around the country, we regrouped at, at home. And people asked me, why'd you do that? And I think the key reason was at home, the underlying core is your family name and your values you grew up with. You have that every day. And so it's good to wake up every day in your hometown and, and be accountable that way. During this segment, we encourage our listeners to call in and ask Fred or me a question. The first five callers during the next two segments will each receive a Broadway soundtrack to one of the 12 Tony Award-winning Broadway musicals that Fred has co-produced. That number is 866 472 5788-866-472-5788. So I'm going to start, Fred, by simply telling you that you and I have up on our walls a thing called To the Crazy Ones. And it was actually part of the 60-minute show that Walter Isaacson talked about with Stephen Jobs. I want to know your definition of living on the edge, and I want you to freewheel it here because I know that during these years, we pushed the edge of every envelope we came across in every situation, and I think it's what defined who we are. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, crazy ones were a uh, tribute to the author and poet Zola, who uh, his quote is, uh, when they ask me what I was put here to do, it uh, certainly was to live out loud. So I think we've had a live out loud life and we've had a front nine and we're um, kind of on the back nine now. And, uh, the, you know, the front nine was uh, a rock and roll life. Uh, everything that we or that I seemed to do was kind of uh, hit gold and uh, it was freewheeling and you know, it was back in the day with the drug, sex and rock and roll and I felt like a rock and roller, and everything was a was a party. And then uh, you you transition into the back nine, and in the back nine, I believe uh, God and uh, has a purpose relative to you know all the time, but importantly on the back nine is how to be relative to that edge, how to be how to be on the edge, but. Uh, well, I'm going, to refer, I'm going to refer a little bit, for those who don't know, to a few of the lines from the crazy ones, because 
we really did push the edge of the envelope, and it, what defined us as individuals. It's here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can praise them and disagree with them and quote them, disbelieve them, glorify them or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They invent, they imagine, they heal, they explore, they create, they inspire, they push the human race forward. Maybe they have to be crazy because how else can you stare at an empty canvas and see a work of art or sit in silence and hear a song that's never been written or gaze at a red planet and see a laboratory on wheels? While some see them as crazy, we see them as genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can, that they can change the world, are the ones who do. I think you exemplify this to the T. I think you challenge, and I think really the creative spirit that was alive for us during the 60s and the 70s really defined who we are. And, and when we decided to go into business and build businesses, we kind of did what was our passion? We always said we wanted to do what we grew up loving, and we've really made a business out of doing the things that are dear to us and that we feel passionate about. And you really have brought that theme home, and I applaud you for that. I know at times in the early stages, not everybody, especially institutional thinkers, people who we used to say think inside the box, who uh, you know don't understand you know what we're all about. But I think we've proved them wrong. I think more importantly, we were able to bring some change in the world and affect people's lives, and, and I applaud you for that and for your commitment to that. Well, I appreciate that, Jimmy. Thank you. Um, uh, we ought to have more of these interviews. Um, <laughs> but, no, you know, the, the thing you touched on, which is important real briefly, is that we always did things out of passion and challenge, and not really for money or how much money you'd make. And I think things got shifted with, uh, you know, as time went by with uh, young people relative to their, uh, what is the undercore of, uh, of their motivation. But um, for us it was all about pa passion and challenge and kind of living on the edge. But now in the back nine the, the challenge is uh, relative to like Hotel California, with that line, you can check out, but you can never leave, which is how to find that key and actually get out of there. Well, it's really, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when as, you know, the establishment, as it's viewed, is always afraid of change, and it's always afraid of people to come along. You know, I call them the rebels, and I really felt we pursued our lives as rebels because we were not particularly fond of authority. At least I certainly wasn't, and I think you were pretty much along those lines. Because we didn't want to just take what was handed to us in a box. We wanted to challenge and go after, you know, those things that were very special to us. Uh, oddly enough, I actually have a caller who we both know who has calling from California, has lived all over the world, and is known around the world almost on a daily basis as Sensei. And Sensei is the famous Martin Cove, the star of Karate Kid. And um That's too freaky. I'm going to see him over the weekend. Oh, my God. Well, he's calling in. Do I have Sensei? Is Sensei on the line? Sensei's on the line. Oh, my God. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Just remember, no mercy there, Fred. 
<laughs> well, uh, we're honored by your call. I don't know where you are right now, whether you're in Japan or where you are. Where are you calling from? I'm in Hollywood. I'm actually, I actually just did a, um, a uh, interview myself for an hour on a show called... This is not about Internet. you, Marty. It's about me. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Okay. Just, All right, forget about your interview. <laughs> What's your question for Fred, Sensei? This better be good. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's always interested me how Fred focuses so well on a daily basis. And I always wanted to ask you this question. How do you maintain the difference between focusing on moment-to-moment on a specific project and making sort of creating the difference for yourself in regard to a major project with the expectation that this major project might just change your life and take you back to that level of success Um, years ago. In other words, this is what we work on on a daily basis. Okay, that's a totally complicated question, but um, you know uh, what I mean. It's like what uh, I'll do. The the answer, Marty, is a a lot of medication. (laughs) Um, But beyond that, (laughs) beyond that is the. um, Those were the least words Martin Cove has ever had out of his mouth. No, I can't believe that. Did you? I mean, really. well, I talk. I think about no, that. No, I mean the, the 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 dealio on that is that the the things that you you, you do today are the things that you did before, um, and if you're guided by at the end of the day your passion and your challenge, and to never leave anybody behind those core values that Jimmy talked about with me and my grandma in the beginning. Um, you have pride, and you have pride of your family name. So you wake up every day, and you do do a what about Bob? Put a foot in front of the other, and you um, you know you win or lose, you try to leave everything out on the field. Um, if you do that, you can be proud of yourself every day. That kind of thing, Marty. Yeah, because a lot of drinking. Well, aside from from everything else we've all done together, you know, yeah. first fifty years, second fifty years, but the fact that I watch you go in the office and apply such focus to the immediate business at hand versus a major project that could change the life of the company, change the life of the, the financial situation of the company, and you're able to go moment to moment with the same importance, the same priority as the big picture of something that's probably more important in the long run, and yet you don't treat it that way. You treat everything with that same amount of focus and energy. And um, I've never been able to do that in Hollywood. I, I'm always thinking about something else. It's all method acting. Yeah, it's quite related to, <laughs> to, acting, to an acting exercise. It really is. And I just wanted to always... Well, I... I want to thank you. For, you're obviously a dear friend of both of ours and for taking the time away from your hectic schedule. And we will consider you for the part of Fred Marison in the movie The Superhighway. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, we'll be interviewing you again. But uh, our love to you, and thank you for tuning into A Current Life. Uh, I love the show. It's a wonderful show, both of you. Thank you. Keep thank listening, my friend, All right. dear friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have thank you, one Marty. more caller. Bye-bye, Fred. Um, thank you. Uh, we have. Did Pam you understand that question, Jimmy? <laughs> we have Connecticut. I'm sorry, but they want those musical tapes. Pam, <laughs> are you on? 
I'm on, Jimmy. Hey, great show. Thank you. Fascinating content. Um, Hey, Fred, I am uh, really interested in your interview today. You know, I've read about your businesses and kind of followed the the successes that you've had, you know, everywhere from Broadway to, you know, to making crackers. And and the the broad spectrum of things you're involved in just span in different industries and different nuances. What do you think has uh, kind of contributed to this diverse set of passions? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Um, not that Marty does, but uh, I understand yours. Um, well, I think that in my life um, I was always encouraged to inquire, and as I grew up I, I knew it was more fun to, when you, when you do any, I was trained as a lawyer, and then I, uh, I observed people doing other things, and I thought, if my life could be kind of a, a, a quilt of doing different things, I'd have the, the joy of being able to meet people uh, in, in a different way that had different things to bring uh, to me and to, to others, and it would make me more uh, 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 just more of a, complete individual and keep my attention better because for me it was like if you do a building or build build a building after you do a few of those you get diminishing returns or when I was a lawyer after after a few contracts you know you it becomes uh, that way so I thought if I if I could apply common uh, denominators to what would look to other people as eclectic I, I could delve into different things and, and do them well and, and stay passionate every day. So that was kind of what drove me in that. Well, Pam, I appreciate the question. I hope you'll continue to listen to the show. You're calling from Greenwich, Connecticut? I am. Well, thank you for the question. I know Fred appreciates this, and I do, and I hope you'll continue to be a listener. I will. It's been great. Thanks. Thank you, Pam. Well, we're going to be getting ready to enter into uh, our third segment, Fred. Uh, uh Fred Marison is my special guest and my close, closest and dearest friend and business partner. And we'll talk about Fred's accomplishments, the many businesses he's built across the scope of real estate, Broadway, uh, and venture and private equity. And um, this is Jimmy Gould, your host on A Current Life with my special guest, Fred Marison. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. 
Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, this is your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm here with my very dear friend and business partner, Fred Marison. Fred, you know, during the last segment, we talked about the crazy ones. We talked about living on the edge. I really want to talk in this segment about something you mentioned to one of the producers of the show, which is how do you step away from the edge without losing your edge as you enter into the next phase of your life? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that pretty much is the, uh, the challenge. You know, on the front nine, you could... You know, be young and cocky and brash and everything turned to gold. You could ride on that edge and not worry about it. Like I said, on the back nine, you gotta, you have to maintain your edge to maintain your passion and to maintain your, who you are fundamentally. But you have to, the trick is to, figure out how to maintain that edge but not be on the edge. Um, in, in a way, it's kind of a gift to, to, to try to journey through that because on the back nine, my, my belief is that, as I mentioned earlier, that you have an opportunity to still do cool things but dig deeper, whether it's your family or your friends and, and then the challenges that you have, have in front of you. You know, how to work harder, how to um, uh, keep your character. And what I found is that you, you know, that cliche, uh, what you put out there, you get back, is kind of true. So if at the end of the day you've maintained your character and your honor and your family values, then um, you get that back and people can um, want to be with you and continue with you and, and you get good things to happen. But don't um, you think it's really a lot about keeping your creative juices flowing? You know that really keeps you young. And you know, well, it's a little you... bit. It's a little bit different because, in the you know, like on the front nine, it's mainly your creative juices. In the in the back nine, you want to. Uh, it's partially creative, but then you're you're in act two of that uh, uh, that musical. So you want to kind of bring form to it. So you have to have a little bit more organization and 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 deep-rooted um, a belief in what you're doing and how it comes together. Um, you're you're almost going from being a player to a manager, like you know, you know in the game. You know, you you as I looked over the history and we did. A lot of our homework, you know, to be very specific. I mean, you've created, created or participated in the creation 
of near 100 different businesses that range from real estate, private equity, Broadway, sports. Um, what would you say are some of the highlights of that? I mean, you've sold businesses in the hundreds of millions of dollars that you started with, you know, $500,000 or fifty grand here, or the first Broadway play you did, and uh, the numerous Tonys you've won. What would you say would be one or two of the highlights of your career? Hmm. You mean my professional career? Yes. <clears throat> well, what comes to mind is that uh, a few things. One is that the, uh, in no particular order, but if I had to pick two or three things, I think it'd be the uh, phone call I got from from Johnny Osher. Um, you know, our buddy that we grew up with way back when in our 20s, and he told me he had a, a, a great idea, and it was around, uh, without boring people, around energy products back when there was an energy, uh, you know, uh, problem here in America back when. And he came, uh, and uh, I said, you know, you're crazy, and he came and visited me, and we started our company on in a little room, and and that grew to be a big thing, and it was so great to be able to do a do a company. I realized with a with a friend, um, everything that happened creatively and just in in fun is much better when you're doing it with people that you love and you grew up with. The other was I remember coming back in the in the early '90s, and I had taken a trip to to Asia because in the early '80s I. I kind of had a lot of things happen great for me, and I took time off and moved out to Colorado. I took a trip to Asia in the early 90s. I came back through L.A., and I called you on the phone. <laughs> and we, You came over for lunch to the hotel, and I said, we're moving back home, and we're getting in the 90-mile-an-hour cage. <laughs> and next thing you know, you and I are home, and we've been doing that now for Twenty years, and twenty years, you things like that. Think. So I think the ability to to do stuff with your buddies and with your family—that's um, really the cool thing for me. Well, we have another caller. We have Manuel from Ohio. Uh oh, so, Manuel, you with us? Manuel. Okay, I only know one manual. Now you get me a little nervous. Well, there's a caller from Ohio manual, so hopefully. yeah, I want to know where I could sign up for tuition. <laughs> well, the the guy on the the that manual on the phone is my inspiration and my model in life, who I <laughs> well have I love grown to, I... who I have grown to love more and more every. Every day, and especially in the in the past ten years, and that's my dad. So, Dad, I can't believe it, but thank you for calling. I love you. Well, I love both of you guys, and I think you're you're both great. You're going to, uh, I mean, it's a good thing that Larry King quit. So there's no <laughs> for you. Uh, we your, got him to quit so we could kind of take this on the road. But yeah, uh, you're, you're the greatest. But the only thing is, I, I, uh, I would try to. Uh, what dictionary you use, by the way? <laughs> What's the dictionary? The dictionary that has F in it. <laughs> no, I didn't learn that. I didn't get that dictionary from my mom or dad. That's all I, I mean. don't believe that. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to let you guys go, but I want on the national network, right? I I appreciate your see you. I'm so glad I got you got here in time. So thanks, Dad. Keep up the good work and have a lot of fun. Thank you, and thank you for your love and support over the years. I love you. Bye bye. Love you both. Love you too. Wow, that was well, great. Okay, that my was dad great. said that we was, could have uh, fun, Jimmy. Call, huh? He said we could have fun, Jimmy. I know, and uh, and he'd pay for it. Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, exactly. In fact, one of our great great deals when we first came back, he was our partner, and I remember how hard we worked on that. We've been through. You know, it's one of the questions I have for you about what I call being put in a box and how do you get yourself out of the box. And as you look at, at, at what you always call, you know, rounded edges, we meet so many people who are linear and people who have, you know, very straight lines to them. And you may want to talk. I'd love for you to give your, your view of rounded edges. With all the businesses we bought together, I'd love your definition of that. Rounded edges. Um I'm thinking of women I knew. Um, <laughs> Got a lot to choose from. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a, a wonderfully married man. Yes, have you are. For, for years and so now. am I. Um, and, and we're uh, going to keep it that way. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I don't know, rounded edges, rounded edges. I think that, that uh, you, you know, it's kind of a self-definition. I mean, uh, self-defining. I mean, you have to in life... Uh, be that way in, uh, you know, uh, you know, the important things to me and I tell people when they ask me is to, if, you, if you're going to learn checkers or chess, pick chess. If you're going to pick a, uh, a challenge, try running a marathon because those two games tell you to uh, train you to, uh, to look and have some um, look ahead uh, and have vision. And the marathon teaches you how to, that you have to work hard for things that you want, that you can't cheat your way through that or, or take the shortcut. Um, in terms of rounded edges, I just think that right now it's, the world is a uh, challenge and, 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 and you have to uh, understand the new paradigm in order to win and uh, take projects and people you know and have them win with you. So I would assume of, you agree that it's really important to make mistakes in order to learn life's lessons as well. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you don't reach out and occasionally touch the uh, touch the uh, the oven your mom told you not to touch, uh, where are you going to go? Nowhere. So nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right? Absolutely. And and I've always learned. Probably as much from my mistakes as from the successes, and we've had a, a long tenure of being able to fight through things. And I think that's the other thing that's so important for our listeners to know is to never give up, because it's the second inning of a nine-inning game, you know. And never give up. Haul. You're right. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, the uh, the world over the last ten years has been, or fifteen years has been, challenging in every way. And if you can maintain strength and core values, you you get through anything. It's kind of like that uh, that uh, phrase: "Never leave anyone behind." Well, um, I agree with you. I also agree that uh, 
the saying that people should not go into business with their friends is not right because we've had an incredible time together. It's been such a pleasure. And, yeah, it's uh, like don't be your own lawyer, don't be your own doctor, but do everything with your friends. Exactly. And this segment, Fred, we're going to talk about the meaning of life. And certainly we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly through our lives. We've experienced so many great moments and so many great things. I guess I really want to ask you, what would your what would you say is the meaning of life? Well, um, that's a tiny little question. Um, <laughs> the segment. Uh, I, be think the, but I think that the. I think that the. Wow, that, that's heavy. Um, I think it is two things. One, for me to value and love my my family, uh, and then. On the other, on the uh, flip side of that, to have the uh, respect and love of my children and have them grow up to be people who love me and 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 that I can um, believe uh, believe in. You know, um, when the new millennium came about. I copied something that I know you would cherish and you have cherished, uh, which is really instructions for life in the new millennium from the Dalai Lama. And just a couple of things that were suggested really applies to our friendship and the respect and that, that has grown through the many years together over five decades. It says, take into account that great love and great achievements involve great risk. And when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Follow the three R's, respect for self, respect for others, and responsibility for all your actions. Remember that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. Learn the rules so you know how to break them properly. And don't let a little dispute injure a great friendship. And when you realize you've made a mistake, take immediate steps to correct it. Spend some time alone every day. Open your arms to change, but don't let go of your values. Remember that silence is sometimes the best answer. Live an honorable life. A loving atmosphere in your home is the foundation of your life. In disagreement with loved ones, deal only with the current situation and don't bring up the past. Share your knowledge. It's a way to achieve immortality. Be gentle with the earth. Once a year, go someplace you've never been before. And remember that the best relationship is one in which your love for each other exceeds your need for each other. Judge your success by what you had to give up in order to get it. And most importantly, approach love and cooking with reckless abandon. Now, of all the people I've ever known, you are truly someone who has, in my opinion, challenged life and every fiber in it and gone after it with great enthusiasm. I mean, you've said often it's time for revolution, not evolution when you've needed to, and in other moments you've stayed silent when you knew it was important to be silent so that you could ride the wave the longest distance and the, and the, and the greatest time. And I want to kind of get your thoughts on that because I know that the spiritual awakening is something that's a part of you every day of your life. Yeah, well, first of all, what you just read, uh, the only comment would be amen to that. Um, if we can just uh, live uh, part of that every day, it'll be a great day. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think on the back nine, the as I've mentioned earlier, the uh, the challenge is to dig deeper, whether it be, you know, with your family or with the people you work with. And uh, if you do that, good things will happen. And, you know, I just try. It's not that complicated. I mean, I just try to wake up every day and believe in finishing the mission, um, being proud and representing my family and my family name. My, my grandpa walked uh, across Europe and came over to America, and I figure if he could do all that, I could continue to try to make him proud of me. What do, you, what do you think we can talk about today that would help so many people that are out of work, so many people that are struggling, so many people that have lost hope, uh, so many people who have given up? What do you think we can do? I know your family does so many things to help. I mean, the Marison Foundation, the things that you've all done in the Inclusion Network and, and, and the American Disabilities Act and then the Teaching Academy and with the, you know so many different things. They go on and on and on. It's so important to your family and what you've given back, which is the cornerstone to me of life and and what it's all about. Uh, you know, it seems to be a, a, so much hope being lost. I'd love to know some of the things that we can share with our listeners on how we can bring some hope back to them. Well, I mean, it's hard to, this is a hard time, but uh, if you throw that out there, um, it really is kind of a in a way, you can feel hopeless if you look at the world as this big, intimidating, um, hard life. But on the other hand, if, to try to have hope, I, I think you, you just try to hopefully find somebody that can love you or you can love. And I don't have to, it, it, it doesn't have to be family. And then if you can touch someone and just believe in one thing. And then each day try to do just one thing. Um, if you do that, uh, you can move forward uh, because it isn't immediate, but it, it's a way to wake up in the morning and uh, and think there's a. It may be cloudy out there, but it can get better. Or the, as the cliche goes, that today I looked at it as half empty. But tomorrow could be half full. I think it's really important because I think a lot of people, you know, today are are lost, and in this country in particular, you know, we're learning to become a global economy. We're lear- learning to be a village that's really affected by what goes on around the world. We're not isolated, and, and we're in many conflicts, and we see so many different things. And you and I, you know. I can't think of a week that goes by we don't get calls for help from different people and people coming into our lives. Uh, so you know we're all we're all subject. Me, me importantly, we're all subject to any given day uh, feeling down, um, you know, feeling beat up on, um, and I think think you have to. It has to begin internally. You can't depend on it coming to you. You have to. Develop courage and strength from the inside out, and if you do that, you can fight through it, and gosh darn it, make it better. Well, I I, I think you're right. I think that uh, I said sh- gosh darn it because my dad's on the phone now. <laughs> 
I, I know that we've backed so many startup businesses and people. Even I remember coming back when there was one store with Build-A-Bear, and you immediately looked at it and said, it's the puppy factor. You know, how does somebody hold a puppy and never give it back? And there's Build-A-Bear became oh, you a just have you just have an answer right now. Everybody, go get a puppy. Exactly. There's nothing like puppy love and that puppy factor. And you hit it, Jimmy. Everybody get a puppy. Send the bill to me. There you go. You may end up with a big bill. That's okay. But we got puppy love. Well, I'm going to tell you that it. Uh, we got about another minute and a half into the show. This is, you know, when we, we decided to do this show, it was really about entrepreneurship. It was about the journey. It was about life and what you go through. And one of the more challenging things for me were the kind of people that I wanted to have on the show. Uh, people I knew, people that I was getting to know. And I said all along, and I came to you several times, I said how important it would be to me to ask you if you would be a guest on the show because you mean so much to me. I, I uh, uh, You're very important to me, and you're very important to so many people whose lives you've affected. Uh, well, I, I will tell you that, um, that uh, you've made your family and your friends and me very proud of how you've lived your life really to the fullest, by challenging it, almost every fiber of it, and with both incredible passion and true conviction. I, I, as, I, as I look at you, I really call you a true warrior poet, and I love you for that, and I love you, and I want well, you to know that. Well, I appreciate, Jimmy, I appreciate that, and you know I love you the totally. I mean, uh, you and I are brothers, and like bro- blood brothers. And I'll, I'll leave you with... You know, uh, Glenn Fry and Don Henley uh, of the Eagles are buddies of ours, and they have a great tune called Hotel California. And I'm here to tell them today that that line at the end of the tune, which is, you can check out, but you can never leave, is wrong. Well, you are if so you right. Can find like the, if you can find the key, you can uh, get the hell out of there. <laughs> I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel, brought to you by Smart Water and Wild Things Gear. This is your host, Jimmy Gould, signing off. Please join me next Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time for another inspiring hour with our next special guest, Leslie Stahl, 60 Minute CBS News correspondent. Until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, inspiration, and success. And to you, Fred Marison, my deepest, sincere love and gratitude. And thanks for your integrity and your friendship for over five decades. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Back at you. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week. stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info.